This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Every day is an April Fool day for me because people say I'm a fool. Because you are the April Fool. Yeah, so 30 days. It's your day. It's my day, yeah. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. Jake Kinnaman a three for the tie. Off the backboard and good! Jake Kinnaman makes it in! Off the buzzer and we've got overtime! Everything happening in the sports world. Galen wants Jackson and he scores! On the last play of the game! Unbelievable! And even some things not happening in the sports world. Just be patient and I know I stink. Everyone tells me I stink. Yeah, you're the worst. I am the worst. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson. The coldest man in the office here today, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, why are you so cold? Because you got your big jacket on. Because it's like 60 degrees outside and it's 58 in my office, so I got to chill. Now, during the winter time, Steve's office is a sauna. It's a tinderbox. It is at least 84 degrees in there at feels all times. Good. It feels good. But you don't feel quite as good today? No. Freezing. Maybe you need a little golf in you. Ooh. You think that'll make you feel a little better? That's that's always a possibility. Steve, we've got a fun show today. We've got our conversation coming up with Carol Swenson from Track in Kansas and the master of track. He knows everything that's he going is on. The Godfather. He knows all of the records, how everybody's doing across the state. He knows what happens at every single meet, and we're going to hear from him in just a little bit here to find out what's been going on so far this year. Steve, we only have a couple more minutes to talk before we have to get into our interview with Carol, but the big storyline from yesterday, and I have a feeling I know how you're going to answer this, being the old-time, old-school baseball fan that you are, this whole Tim Anderson, Brad Keller situation. Did you get to follow along with that I yesterday? I saw it. Are your thoughts that Tim Anderson was in the wrong, or are your thoughts that the Royals were in the wrong? Well, the bat flip was just kind of silly. I mean, then he starts woofing and staring down people, I think. and He wasn't I've, staring down any Royals players. I've never been a big fan, though, of hitting a player intentionally. Okay, I, get, I didn't think that's how you were going to answer no, that. No, I've just never... I thought I, you were one of those guys that says, put a one no, right in his I, back. I, I, I don't understand why you want to hit a guy. I mean, because if you're trying to hit a guy and you miss, you could really... I mean, you could almost you could kill somebody right and i've just i've just never been a big believer in in an eye for an eye like that i just i don't believe in intentionally hitting people in baseball yeah i I don't either i don't and you know i know you probably thought i was going to be the i am an old school guy i thought you were going to say oh if you showboat on my base pass then put one right in your ear hole but that's what i thought you'd say well but but i i don't like throwing at people like that i just i just because i mean as good as these guys are Throwing the baseball, if one gets away, you can do some serious harm to somebody. Here's my thought process as a baseball player all growing up and a baseball fan my entire life. What would show 
a player that just hit a home run off of you that I don't care what you think or what you say, and I'm better than you anyway. What would show you that? A strikeout or get them out? Or would it be hitting them and putting on a base runner in a tie game late in and the game? And that's the other thing. Does I mean, that make any sense? It doesn't make any sense. And, and given the Royals' slim margin for error that they have, to put a runner on base is almost like inviting a run to score. And a fast guy like Tim Anderson. Yeah, Tim Anderson who can steal bases. And, and since the Royals, you know, their offense has slowed down just a little bit. after They had a really, you know, they've had some really good games. But here the last few games, they've kind of slowed down a little bit. Steve, if we had a little more time today, I would show you this audio that I listened to yesterday. And I believe it was just a random baseball fan that put it together. And it was the comparison while watching the video of that play happening and bouncing back and forth from the Chicago White Sox yeah. TV broadcast I haven't read and the Royals the, the, TV the broadcast. The Kansas City Star did a story that they said, wow, the, the White Sox broadcasters and the Royals broadcasters, they were like at It opposite, was very different. Opposite, now, is Hawk Harrelson still? No, it's a guy named Jason Benetti. Okay. He does some ESPN, a lot of basketball. Okay. You would recognize him okay. if you see him. And you him. know Hawk Harrelson would have been all over the Royals. Well, Jason Benetti, as soon as it happened, he was going, why are we hitting people? Why are we getting mad? Why are we trying to act like we're tough? Yeah. Just don't hit people. Yeah. He said, it's that easy. While Hudler and Lefevre were kind of looking silly. On their end by saying, oh, well, Tim Anderson, he, he might have muttered something under his breath, and oh, he should have just walked to first, and it really made the Royals look like they were in the wrong. But what about Sailor Ned getting out there? I was a little surprised with that. Sailor Ned getting in the face of Ricky Renteria. He said, I'm not letting anybody else yell at my team. It's my team. And I haven't read the game account yet and seen what Ned's quotes. I'm sure he got asked about it after the game, and I'm sure knowing Ned, who does not really like the media very much, he probably just said, I'm not going to talk about it. So I, I He need... talked about it a little bit. Well, did he? And what did he say? Well, he said, I wasn't going to let Renteria yell at my guys. I'm the only one that gets to yell at my guys. Well, there you go. So it was a weird debacle yesterday. I wish we had a little more time to talk about it. But we have to turn things over here, Steve, to Carol Swenson. We're going to take a break when we come back. We'll dive into that interview, hear about all of the local athletes and what they've been doing this year, how things look going into the state track meet here in a couple of months or in a couple of weeks as we do that here next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. We're excited today to have a very special guest in studio, and that is none, none other than the father of track in the state of Kansas. That's Carol Swenson. Is that an okay title to call you, the father of track, or just the, the now, bookkeeper now, of track now, in the now state I'm, of Kansas? I'm, I'm getting old, but let's not <laughs> press our luck. So. Well, Carol, this is a busy, busy time of year for you, with track being in the middle of this year. We wanted to get an update on some of the area runners and what's been going on throughout the state. And 
every morning that there's a big amount of stuff going on, like on a Tuesday, Steve will come in and go, oh, God, I, I don't want to look at my email. I feel like I've got 500 emails that I'm going to have to open. And I feel like with you and the amount of records that you're keeping up with and the results that you are receiving, that you might actually get 500 emails on a morning. What, what, what's the normal total for you like after a Tuesday or a Friday of track meets? Oh, geez, I don't get 500, but, um, <laughs> and I'm glad I don't. Um, no, ordinarily, I'll have, like on, well, from Tuesday yesterday, it's been Wednesday, um, I ended up, I had about 20 meets that I had to go through um, from across the state. And Monday will be a little less than that. Wednesday's usually the real light day. Thursday and Friday, um, they'll be anywhere from 20 to 40 meets. Now, when it comes to the records that you are keeping, you're typically keeping not only the best numbers in the state this year, but probably, what, top 10, some of the other better numbers throughout individual classes, plus trying to match that up with all-time state records. Am I on the right track well, there? Well, yeah, I keep an all-time state list, and then also I, I keep a, a all-classification list, and I usually, it runs anywhere from 25 to 50 kids deep. Um, as far as trying to break out individual classes that deep, I, I run out of time to try and do that. Um, but with this class, or the all-class list that I do keep, um, a lot of lists that you do see out there, they throw all the times together, auto, fully automatic marks, hand times, things like that. They just dump them together and don't distinguish between them. And that's one thing that I try to do is follow up with coaches and ADs to make sure if meets are fully automatic or whether they're hand time because it does make a difference on the standings and I when I put my list together then I designate the hand times and coaches really like to know that difference and, and there's not as many hand times not as there used to be everyone's really kind of gotten into the 21st century with the uh, FAT and 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 the days of the you know the guys standing there at the end of the finish line clicking their clicker and you know, having to say, well, I got one, I had second, I had, you know, those days yeah. have kind of, uh, they've decreased, let's just say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's enough schools that have, well, unlike the Wichita public schools, they have an automatic timing system for themselves. Mays High has one. Um, Goddard has one. Um, the Kansas City schools, there's about three schools up in that area. And a lot of the schools go ahead and use those as fundraisers themselves. And then you have groups like Heartland Timing out of Hayes and Great Bend, and and they've also got one guy now that's going to be the principal or superintendent down at Chanute that's also been timing um, the eastern part of the state for them, Black Squirrel Timing that's based out of Emporia, used to be based out of Nebraska. They have a couple of teams that are out on the road. So anymore, the big majority of events are going to be automatically timed which makes for a, oh, a much better yeah. way and it makes the meat go a lot faster oh. and, and speaking of that you know mcpherson will have its invitational next week i think they have the uh, jv JV's, to jv's tomorrow but uh one thing about mcpherson nobody does a meat better and i'm sure you'll probably agree with that because you know there were times i remember in the old days when those meats would get over at 9 30 and 10 now we're out there by about 8.30, 8.40, somewhere around there. Yeah. And it makes all the difference in the world to have a, a timing crew come in like that. Um, 
I was at a meet a couple years ago. A school had just bought an automatic timing system. They thought it was just going to be real easy. We plug it in. Hey, this is no big deal. And it was a disaster. Um, so I have encouraged teams as I've worked with different schools to say, hey, you know, if you don't know how to run it yourself, go ahead and have somebody come in and do it for you. It's a money saver in the long run for you to do it that way. And as we've worked with the Activity Association on this, um, like last year, all of the regional meets for the first time, I think, ever were all fully automatically timed. And having it that way, you don't have to worry about rounding off to tenths of a second when they start seeding things like that. Um, it makes it so much better. Also, the state has started to, to go to some Thursday and Friday as far as regional meets. That has alleviated that problem of automatic timing almost entirely. And I'm sure some of those hand times that you got oh. many years ago, you're going, this can't be this can't be right. You know, some of the hand times were, just kind of made you scratch your head. Somebody just ran an 8-7 in the 100. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, we had one meet this year, and I won't say who it was, but they had automatic timing and there are at least four jim ryans coming through the system right now <laughs> because they had five guys that ranked all time in the 3200 meters you know all time in the yeah. state of kansas yeah. <laughs> and i wrote back and i says guys i think you really need to double check this mm -hmm. and anyway well well we had fully automatic timing i says please Go ask your timing guy to look at the picture again, and I think you're going to find out it was different. Yeah, that, and, their, that their 3200 was actually three minutes longer. <laughs> oh, well, and what we found out, the guy did. He ended up, he, t he clocked the guys a lap too soon. So it was, it was real easy to figure out what the problem was, but once in a while you still have to go back and dig those things out. And like I said, some of these sites that you see, they just dump all these times in there. They don't pay any attention to it. Um, we had a, a girl from down in the Wichita area that ran, supposedly ran a phenomenal time here a couple weeks ago. And I questioned it a little bit and even asked, sent a note to the head coach, the girl's head coach. And he says, that wasn't right. Mm -hmm. But it popped up on these yeah. other list well as we take a look at this 2019 spring how is it compared time wise and and distances on throws how is it compared to the last couple of years is it a better year is it a down year how's it been so far overall it's it's been real interesting we know we've got a lot more windy times this year than we've had in the past and the weather any one week it really depends you know we have 80 degree weather monday tuesday wednesday and 30 degree weather thursday friday saturday and the next week it flips around so you don't know um weather has been a real factor in meets this year but the general marks i think are are very good this year They're very comparable um we were real fortunate the last couple of years we didn't have a whole lot of wind in the spring and we had some great marks all the way through well, you talk about great marks just right around here in oh. in McPherson County. You look at Emma Ruddle in the hurdles. She's uh, way up there. Timmy Lambert up at Smoky Valley. You got Jamayo Quinn uh, down at Mound Ridge. There's some pretty outstanding 
track and field athletes just in the county. Oh, yeah. And you mentioned Emma. She's leading the state in the 100-meter hurdles. Lambert is leading the state in the 300 hurdles and the 100-meter dash. And he didn't even, and he didn't, I don't think, ran the 300 hurdles. Did he run the 300s last year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he won state. It was the 110s he didn't run last year. He ran the 100, 200, 400. Yeah. And then the, uh, and he's already down, I think, I could be mistaken, but I think he's already gotten down into the 38s, which I don't know what you have for him is what they've turned in recently, but, uh. You're down in the 38s in in uh, mid April. That's yeah, that's very pretty. Good. Uh, that's Troy Brown like, and, yeah. and for those that don't know who Troy Brown is from El Dorado, <laughs> that uh, used to run against the Bullpups. Troy Brown was probably the best 300 hurdler I've seen. Yeah, he was person. a dandy. Yeah. yeah, Tim's running 38.63 right now. He ran that the other night, and that that leads the state at this point in time ahead of the Crow Kid from Hutchison. That's also very very good hurdler. Actually, um, Crow ran 37.85 last year. Oof. And uh, so, you know, excellent, excellent athletes. Oh, Quinn, we haven't seen as much of her so far this year. And um, until she gets in, I, I'm not sure if she's going up to KU this weekend, but a lot of the top-ranked kids in the state will be well, in Lawrence this weekend. I just wonder if she weekend. is because they did not have – she was uh, listed – uh, running the 400, but then there was no, it just said no time. So I don't think she started. She didn't run the 100, 200, and they didn't run their 4 by one So I'm assuming maybe she is going up there. I know yeah. the uh, model mall girl is going to go from Canton Galva, but as far as other ones, I'm not really sure. Yeah, and we used to take a group of kids, if and we kind of set a, a rule when I was on the staff at the high school was if kids qualified for the state meet and then were invited to KU, We'd, let, we'd take them up there and hold them out of another meet. Um, they've ch- kind of changed the philosophy of that the last few years and haven't taken the kids up there as often. But, um, hey, to have the opportunity to compete against the best kids in the Midwest is and something now, they and just And now for those, miss. I think the relays are at Rock Chalk Park. Yeah. And that's got to make it a, a, a much more, for one thing, a, what, a much more intimate setting. And it's got to be a little more electric, I would think. The atmosphere probably has to be better. Oh, I'll tell you. Yeah, Rock Chalk Parks, yeah, that's a fantastic facility. And it's going to be surprising, you know. Sounds like the weather's going to take a little bit of a, a downturn here for a couple days and then maybe pick back up. Saturday may be beautiful again. Yeah. Yeah, because I think we lined up a golf game because somebody said, hey, the weather's going to be good on Saturday. So it, it'd be an aberration if you had an 80-degree day with no wind. Because when you say KU relays, the first oh. – I'll be honest, the first thing that comes to mind, weather. That's what you think of almost every time. Well, I know when I was in college, I had a, a good friend that was running for K-State, and we would go to Lawrence to watch the relays. And as you're coming into Lawrence from the west, you'd see this big cloud of black smoke rolling, and they would dump power um, fuel down on the – cinder track and burn the track in order to dry it out some years and i saw some years where it just rained like a son of a gun all day long friday and saturday so you just don't know this time of year what about some of the other top marks from around the state this year i know caleb grill from mays had a really big high jump i know the kid from sterling last year went over seven feet what about some of the other big marks that you've seen across the state this year well it's entering at this point in time um, Grills jumped 6'7 at this point in time. Tyus Wilson from Sterling 
jumped seven foot as a freshman last year. He led. He had the top mark by a freshman in the country last year, and he he's gone six nine or six ten. He went six nine last weekend down at Wichita Pre State. Um, I'll tell you, he he looks like he's grown about three inches in the last year. And I would not be surprised to see him challenge the all-time state mark of seven four by the time he graduates who from had high seven, school. Who was the seven four guy? That was Archibald from okay. Garden City. Okay, I remember there was a Broxterman. Yeah, Broxterman, yeah. yep. And Ed Broxterman was from Baileyville B and B, right? Which is part of um, Nemaha Central now. And uh, when he was in school, it was interesting. Because Brocksterman came in as a seven-foot high jumper. He didn't even get out of regionals because they had a rainstorm come in the day of regionals. And anyway, he passed. He qualified in the long jump, passed in the high jump till everybody else was out. And then he no-heighted. He oh. didn't qualify for the state as a senior. He won the long jump, but didn't even qualify oh. for the state as a senior. What about some of the fastest running times? Um, uh, th- that's... Really, it's going to be interesting. The V-Hill kid from Hutchison is going to be right at the top of the list. Timmy Lambert's going to be there. Um, Dudley from Wichita South. Um, I saw him. He and V-Hill go head-to-head last weekend at the pre-state meet, and Dudley handled him pretty well. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting just to see how those, those guys stack up. Um, on the girls' side, I'll tell you, there's there's a bunch of them that are right there together at the top of the list right now. So nobody has really jumped out away from the crowd. Now, on the girls' side, a couple things that have been interesting, though, so far, has been the, in the 3,200-meter um, Mayfield girl from Manhattan High. She ran the number two time all-time, or number 10 time all-time in the state of Kansas here a couple weeks ago. She goes to KU, I'm sure, this weekend, and she'll run into – because KU uses that as a recruiting tool. Right, they bring kids. So they'll bring in kids from other states. So they'll probably have the top runner for Missouri, possibly Oklahoma and Texas in for that meet. So it's hard to tell what Mayfield could actually do this week. She could drop that time way down in that event. Um, the steeplechase doesn't get run that often in the state. KU will run it this weekend. And both the boys and the girls, that that list is still really pretty fluid because that's a pretty new event. Yeah, I think Heston competed in a meet here recently mm-hmm. that had the, and it's a two thousand steeplechase, right. correct? But, it's not the three thousand right. you see at the collegiate yeah. level. Yeah, at the high school level they run the two thousand, and again we've already had a couple of times in the top ten all time in the state that could happen. Sam Hankins in the javelin throw for Manhattan. I remember seeing him last year. Oh, I'll tell you what. He came out, he's thrown 210 feet already this year and is ranked in the top three in the nation. Um, We've got two girls in the state this year, the Fairchild girl from Andover and um, Luger from Centralia that are both thrown, well, Luger's thrown 145 feet, excuse me, 157 feet, and that ranks number 12 all time. And the Fairchild girl from Andale's thrown 149 feet. So we've got two of them already that are ranked in the top five in the nation. 
Well, one I know you're counting down the days until state track. What, what, what's your count at now? Like forty? Hey, I, I don't worry about yeah. it till about three days ahead. Do, of do time. you have Do you have Don? Is he get, Is he starting to get nervous? Oh, uh, hey, Don's always nervous. <laughs> as soon hey, as soon as that gun goes off for the first indoor meet of the year, Don is in full go mode, and um, he was working a meet out in um, Tempe a week ago. So he kind of came dragging into Wichita State there on Friday. His plane, he's also got a place out in Colorado, and he'd gone up there, and then he got stranded in Denver when that storm came through. So he, I got to do all day Friday by myself because oh. he came dragging in late. Well, what's the best place to go to access your running list all the time? Is it trackinkansas.com? Tracking Kansas posts my list a couple times a week. Um, we've had a, a good relationship with Chet on that event and um we've it's been several different places wichita eagle had it for a while they had a change in personnel down there catch it kansas had it a while they had a change in personnel and they decided well folks wanted to watch video they didn't want to look yeah, at they're all about the video now and anyway chet said hey i'd really like that list if you would make that available and so we fired off to him a couple times a week I just wanted to be carolswenson.com. Hey, your, your own I, website. I'll, I'll tell you what. I don't know that I'll ever get to the point of being that <laughs> proficient with the computer. Well, we appreciate you coming in this afternoon and giving us an update. And I think, think you'll enjoy your trip to Norman this week. Yeah, looking forward to going to Norman. I haven't ever announced a meet at Norman before. Um, they called me up the, earlier this fall and they said, Hey, you know, we've got a couple meets. We'd be interested in having you come down and announce. We've got the John Jacobs Invitational. That's kind of their KU relays down there at OU. And then the big 12 meet is also going to be held at OU. And they said, Hey, we'd like to have you come down and do those two meets. We'll give, uh, OU sports information director, Kenny Mossman, my best. We grew up together and grade school and uh, he was going to be one of the really great athletes to come out of independence but he moved to winfield <laughs> end up uh, playing basketball at southwestern and well it was really interesting guy it was interesting when chandler short out at the college found out i was going down there to do that she says well how'd they find out about you and, and anyway i told her who had contacted me and she says oh i know stacy because that's where chandler did her grad work was right. down at ou so small world it is. Well, Swim, we appreciate you coming in today. And everybody, stay on top of him, not at carolswinson.com, but <laughs> at Track in Kansas. Hey, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. That was a fun interview, Steve. Really was. And, you know, I owe Carol Swinson a lot in my career. A lot of money? Well, he'd probably like to have some. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I came here as a 22-year-old. Uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of experience other than having, you know, worked covered you know worked at a small newspaper that seems crazy i can't relate to that but you know he took me under his wing and showed me the ropes and uh, i'm really very indebted to everything that carol did for me in my early stages of my career steve let's take our final break and then we'll wrap things up after this you're listening to according to jim 96.7 fm kbbe you're listening to the according to jim podcast with jim joiner and steve self according to jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE 
or online at midkansasonline.com. Ramping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, I saw that you posted at midkansasonline.com this morning in your sell-on sports column about the Kansas City Chiefs schedule. Right. We don't really have enough time left today. We only have about a minute and 15 seconds before we have to go. But we can talk about that a little bit tomorrow, the Chiefs' 2019 schedule and why they have to play at New England every single year. Hey, they don't play at Pittsburgh this year, though. That's, well, that's the This first, would have been the good year to do it. It seems like... Those terrible Steelers. It seems like every single year they have, they've played Pittsburgh like every year for the last 10 years, it seems like. They do end up but playing them a lot. What a tough schedule for the Chiefs. The back half of it is the part that stood out to me the right. most. A lot of cold games late in the year. The last four games... I mean, are really going to be a test. It helps that the AFC South is in there, and ooh, scary Jacksonville, ooh, the Titans, ooh, makes you makes you shake. What about this, Steve? Your prediction? Did you post it at Mid Kansas Online? Not, I did not post. What well, I, Steve's first take of this schedule hot take. W- w- was a record that I thought was very much under what it will probably be. Are you going to tell the people what what you said? No, I'll just say it wasn't. Uh... What you thought it was. Steve doesn't feel quite as optimistic about the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs and MVP at, quarterback Patrick Mahomes. I look at that defense, and I just, I mean, they're going to have to score 40 points every game. Of course. Well, that's not that hard for but them. But if Tyreek, you know, we don't know about Tyreek Hill and, uh, you know, the running back situation, not quite sure what to expect there. So. Like my good friend George Michael would say, Steve, you got to have faith. Well, you know me, I'm the eternal. Half-empty guy instead of the half-full. Well, if you would have been a couple more games lower, then they would have been (laughs) below 500, Steve, and that would have been crazy. Well, I wasn't going to do that. All right, we'll wrap up today's show. For Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.